Welcome to Cinnamon Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Munn. Uh, welcome to our first show of 2020. I know it's been a while since we've recorded a show. Um, I have had a couple ideas for certain episodes and such, and they just haven't come to fruition. As with all things, uh, I believe as I said on the last show, life gets in the way, things get in the way, and it's right around the holidays, so all the holiday stuff just kind of, you know, snowballs on you, and you kind of lose track of things. But we're back. Uh, hopefully with some new stuff going on, some new news to share with you, and I should be recording much more often now. Uh, I'm finding more time to do this, uh, a lot more kind of free time, and time for creative thinking and things like that, so uh, let's get right into it. Um, first thing, it's almost February, uh, that'll be on Saturday, uh-huh. so Oscars are coming, Oscar season is coming, and our two big films really competing this year are Joker with 11 nominations. And 1917, with 10 nominations, each going for Best Picture and Best Director. Um, While I do favor 1917 a little more, I have this weird, weird grinding feeling inside that Joker will probably take Best Picture, and that that scares me. Not because Joker isn't a, a, a new take on a, what I guess could be called a wearing genre, but it has nothing to do with that genre and everything to do with the genre it's trying to uh, amplify. <clears throat> in that it feels more like a gangland film, kind of like in the vein of King of Comedy, uh, Falling Down, Goodfellas, things like that, Hoffa. It feels more like that kind of movie. And it's not really a comic book film. It's got enough references to its comic book origins to, I guess, qualify it as that. But it's really, it, it's not, it doesn't fall under my, my radar as a, a actually good movie. I felt quite, not sick, not nauseous, but just frustrated and at times infuriated with what they were doing with these characters uh, for that movie. I understand it. All art is subjective and different people have different ideas on what they can and can't do or should do and shouldn't do with things, characters, themes, ideas. And they took a great risk and it's paid off for them. Is everyone a fan? No, certainly not. I, I'm not a fan. 1917, uh, a World War One drama about two young soldiers who have to go essentially stop a massacre from happening by delivering a message from one general to a colonel over the span of, let's say, a day and a half is a harrowing, beautiful movie. It's shot as though it's done in one shot. There are no visual, heavily noticeable edits in the film. Obviously, there are edits done. It is a movie, and you can kind of sometimes pick up uh, where the edit might be hidden or covered or where that switch is happening. But Sam Mendes, the director, did a beautiful enough job to cover that to where after after a while you kind of forget that, and it takes a little bit of adjusting. That's maybe 10, 15 minutes or so to really adjust to the fact that everything you're seeing is just done as one continuous movement uh, shot of camera. The acting is beautifully done. Um, the the cameos of, of strong British thespians that pepper this film here and there uh, just just add to it. While it's not either my favorite movie of the year as well, it certainly is worthy of recognition. And I think that's a big thing. So the Oscars are coming. Uh, make sure to watch live. Uh, I believe it's on ABC on the... Uh, let's see what the date is on here. I believe it is coming for you (laughs) on Sunday, February 9th. I believe that is Oscar night. 
obviously this coming Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, yeah! So that means what? Cool commercials and possibly movie trailers. Well, I've got a lot of cool movie news and uh, stuff coming, coming, I guess, this next weekend, because they just had their UK premiere the other night, is Birds of Prey, uh, coming from DC and Warner Brothers. It's a movie that has loose, loose ties to Batman Superman, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad. It's got some loose ties to those. Uh, more so its own kind of film and more of a kind of a girl power uh, team-up movie. It has been getting some fun reviews. While some of the notes I'm seeing is the storyline kind of falls clunky in the second and third act. That's not really the important part, but I've heard it's, it's a lot of fun. So if you're a fan of that film, if you're a fan of those characters, um, be sure to go check that out opening next weekend. Super Bowl Sunday. Hopefully we get another Black Widow trailer. Um, the trailer did drop earlier uh, this month, and it looks awesome. Actually, it kind of fell last month in December, kind of coinciding with Star Wars. The powerhouse of Disney it cannot be stopped. <coughs> um, also, in the last week, Disney revealed its plans for what it tends to do with 20th Century Fox, and they've simply just rebranded the name from 20th Century Fox to 20th Century Studios. Still keeping the same basic look of the old Fox logo, uh, sans the word Fox, and done in more of like a black and white logo than that kind of golden blue that, that was part of the original studio. Um, well, I don't see this as a bad thing. It certainly is, you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a power play. We'll see if it pays off. They can use it kind of like they did with Touchstone Pictures and Hollywood Pictures, where they can show and produce other movies of a more adult theme, adult orient, under that banner, as well as utilize the characters of the comic films under that banner if they want to. Or they might just pull them all into under their Disney logo and the Marvel logo as well. Um, the last show that I wanted to record was very much about consumption. And talking with a friend of mine, we talk about how when there is so much going on, so much media, so much art, so much creativity flowing, and you, you are one who partakes of it, you kind of feel yourself stifled or paralyzed by it in the sense of you don't know how to find your creative outlet, your creative uh, way, because so much is coming at you. And especially with the release of things like Disney Plus now, where these things that we thought were past and almost of a bygone era and, and great memories of childhood are now <clears throat> so easily accessible and allows us to fall back down that wormhole of nostalgia and childhood. And it can be fun, especially if someone whose family has kids, you can share that part of yourself now even more and more readily and more, I guess, excitedly with your family that you've created and built. But at the same time, it can also, I think anchor you back to that time and wanting to go backwards. And, and part of art is constantly moving forward and pushing through and uh, breaking new ground and being more creative and pushing your boundaries, pushing your limits, even pushing your your um, personal comfort. Um, sometimes we find even in art, we find a level that we like, that we're comfortable with, and even that needs to be kind of, you know, you're good here, but let's keep going forward and see what else we can do. So in this world of heavy consumption now, just... Kind of remember that while consuming art is good, creating art is healthy. Um, whatever kind of art it may be, be it music, be it acting, be it singing, be it 
this podcast. I, mean, I know people don't look at podcasts. Oh, it's just talk radio. You're just basically radio on the internet. And, you know, you're just talking into the void and no one's actually listening. That's fine. I, no one might be listening. According to my last video or my last uh, episode, I've had 16 plays so far. And I'm good with that. I mean, it's it's not breaking numbers, but someone is listening. And so that's what matters is that someone is at least out there taking their time to press play on this and be like, hey, what's up? I, I dig this. And um, hopefully they do. Hopefully you dig this. So just remember when it comes to things like consumption to balance your time, use it wisely because you can end up kind of in the void and vortex of it all and just kind of destroy your own creativity and, and smolder the goodness and the art that is inside of you. And I, I pray you're not doing that to yourself by consuming so much. Um, but since we're talking about consumption, <laughs> uh, lately I have been consuming uh, a lot of Sabrina on Netflix. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a nice dark take on the character Sabrina Teenage Witch. Um, if you've watched it, it's now I think in its third, I guess, section or season. I see it more as a season. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's creepy. It's a little graphic at points. And sometimes it makes, I guess you could say, it hits that line of uncomfortableness with a lot of the, the ritualistic stuff they touch upon. But it, it never feels like it takes itself too seriously. And it's enjoyable. Another one we've been, we've been consuming lately is The Witcher on Netflix. Well, this is a show that feels like it wants to replace Game of Thrones. And I think a lot of shows out there want to replace Game of Thrones. And that's a great ambition to have. But I think you need to have a good... Uh, narrative take on it. And not in the sense that the, the narration is bad, but the storyline really doesn't make a lot of... It just feels like moments and uh, beats here and there that hopefully eventually down the line converge into one main story. But so far it just feels like bits and pieces here and there. And I get story building and uh, wanting to build character, but there's it's very, very slow moving. And a lot of shows have that problem. I had that issue with Watchmen on HBO. I thought the first couple episodes were very kind of slow. And <coughs> in realizing now in hindsight, um, especially after remembering that I read Watchmen, there is a lot of story building that happens before you really get into the meat and the heart of the story. And once you do, once you have all your characters introduced, your heroes, your villains, your side beats, and uh, your, your, sub, your subplots, it all just kind of eventually converges together into this amazing... Uh, crescendo of, of a climax and finish and it leaves you especially with Watchmen it leaves you on the edge both satisfied and wanting more at the same time and I thought it was really well done uh, as far as if HBO will bring back Watchmen I do not know right now it's looking like no because writer creator Damon Lindelof has no more ideas for it so and he was one to say that if he doesn't have an idea he's not just going to do it to do it he wants to do it because it, it, it's right and I will for the most part agree with that so I have no problem with that. So things I've recently consumed lately, Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, The Witcher, and Watchmen I finished uh, a few weeks ago uh, in my own time. I thought it was very well done. I was really surprised. And I walked into it very skeptical, skeptical too, because I, I enjoyed the book. Um, and I even enjoyed the movie from uh, 2009. So um, I know a lot of people didn't. They felt it was very kind of uh, handcuffed to the source material. And I really didn't have a problem with that. But I think it also is a great lesson to people who are so much about, you know, if you're going to adapt a movie or a play or a movie into from a play or a book or a comic book or a video game that you have to, you know, be to the material. And it's a great example of the problem with that. 
Same thing with Sin City. But with Sin City, it worked out well. It, it did a, a great job because it kept the visual style of it. So it just felt like moving uh, comic book panels. And I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe has also done an excellent job of showing you how you can honor the source material while still making it your own and your own storytelling. I think overall with the that whole from Iron Man to Endgame, they've really done an excellent job showing you how to do that and tell a story and plant seeds and give nods to the fans while still telling your own story uh, with the the undertone and feeling of the story that inspired it. So uh, that's been a lot of fun. I haven't gotten to the movies a lot lately. The last thing we did see was uh, Jumanji, The Next Level, and Star Wars Episode Nine. Now, Jumanji was a lot of fun. I didn't find it quite as fun as the first one. Um, <coughs> there is another little, there's a nice little cameo from a character uh, performer from the first movie. Uh, in the end of the film, if you know what I'm talking about, or who I'm talking about, then you noticed it. And if you don't, well, now you know, and you can, maybe you want to go back and uh, rewatch and just feel like, oh, holy shit, look at that, type of thing. Star Wars Episode Nine. I know there's been a lot, a lot, a lot of mixed reviews on it. Um, some people like it, some people don't, some people find it satisfying, some people think it leaves too much in the air and really just kind of doesn't, it kind of, you know, flickers out in the end as opposed to going out with a great bang and leaving you satisfied. For the most part, I've, I've seen it a couple times now, I enjoyed the film. There are a lot of heavy moments of heart and references and cuts, while there are also also some heavy uh, story, a couple of story issues, mainly because of the ability to not have Carrie Fisher in the film and I know they said they wouldn't film it with a new actress and they, they really didn't they took a lot of used footage and um, kind of wrote and filmed around the dialogue that she had in certain scenes and unfortunately unless you're completely consumed by the story and what you're seeing you, you feel it it feels very out of place some of the deliveries and you know obviously they can't do multiple takes because they have what they have and they can only work with that so it feels very um, a little heavy right there in some of her scenes. Now, overall, as a story, I like where it went. I think certain sacrifices should have been uh, left the way they were told, and uh, that risks should have been taken a little more with the story. Visually, it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. J.J. Abrams does bring back a lot of practical effects, practical sets and there's even a Kevin Smith cameo in there if you can find it um, for any fans of his you know where it is because he has probably told you on a separate podcast of his own really I mean that's that's a lot of what what's been going on it hasn't been a lot of movie watching it's been a lot of like I said consumption of things like television so you know a lot of what I'm doing now is introducing things um, to my kid, um, finally kind of getting him into the, into seeing the movies that I grew up on and the things I loved, and so recently we got to show him RoboCop, and he really liked it, and we're a little skeptical on it because, you know, if you've seen RoboCop from 1988, you know how violent it is, you know how much language there is, there's drug references, there's, you know, amputations, and, you know, really kind of sadistic villains in it. But he, I mean, overall, he really enjoyed it. And certain stuff, you know, kind of weirded him out. But overall, he really liked it. So I feel more confident in showing him older movies 
um, from my childhood, things like the Terminator, I can't wait to show him the Terminator, or maybe Tremors, we can show him, and, you know, some kind of, you know, really kind of push a little bit of the boundary in, in films that I think he would like, because, I mean, not to say, you know, I liked him, so he would like, he should like him, but it's more of like expanding his taste. He has his own taste, we don't always see eye to eye in that, but showing him something new that I think he would like, and majority of the time, I'm right. Um, so sometimes it just comes down to, as a parent, you know, I, I know what you're going to like. Uh, just trust me. And so far, he has been trusting me. And aside from The Mummy from 99, he likes a lot of what I showed him. He said The Mummy was just a little, a little scary for him. But, over, I mean, he still enjoyed bits and pieces of it. So that's cool. Um, that's all I'm going to record for now. I don't have a lot of news ready or prep. This is just an impromptu show. I just felt like getting on the microphone and uh, just talking. So hopefully... This satiates some of you more loyal fans who have been out there with the show. Um, if you haven't subscribed to our channel, please do. I really appreciate it. I am going to hopefully be recording some ads and get a little advertising going on here as well because I really want to grow this podcast now. I want to focus on it and really make it something something cool and something special. I want to start finding uh, some guests, some people to come on here and share their opinions and thoughts, especially you know if you're someone who's into creative writing or storytelling or character building or if you just love movies. Um, get in contact with me uh, via Instagram or email, cinnamon at yahoo.com, same as the, as the channel name, and we'll go from there. Um, until next time, we'll see you at the concession stand.